Active Radio. You are listening to Texas. Welcome to Texas History Lessons. My name's Josh from the Wild West Extravaganza. No Texas traditionalists, revisionists, lay historians, academic historians, or journalists were injured in the recording of this episode. Texas History Lessons is Texas history for everyone. Whether you think Stephen F. Austin was a great man or a villain, Texas History Lessons is about history. The good, the bad, the ugly, and the beautiful. Texas History Lessons is opening a third front in the conflict against the culture wars themselves. So, Michael, what's going on? Don't mess with Texas. Texas is forever, man. Thank you, Josh. Let's just get right to it. You know, life can be pretty brutal at times. You know, that's a silly understatement. I know everybody knows this. We all face our own challenges and disappointments. We have disasters that come up that we have to deal with. That's just life. But I need to say that I don't have any desire to contribute any more hardship or misery to the difficulties anyone faces. A quick dive in social media, just the regular old media, will make it pretty clear that many other people don't share this goal. A lot of people seem to thrive on the pain they generate for others. Now, along with the downs, there are also ups on this roller coaster of existence, as well as some terrifying and exhilarating loop-de-loops that are confusing as to whether they are an up that is fun or in an inverted and terrifying, just swirling terror towards death. Regardless as to how scary a roller coaster is, there's enough joy and excitement, usually, to get you back in line to ride again. And life is like that. We endure the bad times with hope for the good. And as I said, life can also be beautiful and filled with rewards and opportunities. And if anything I do is placed on the scales to measure between these two options of the extreme negative and extreme positive, I wanted to tilt towards that positive. And for that reason, I hesitated even doing this episode. Because it is very possible that many people that are heavily invested in the topics we're going to be looking at will be disappointed in what I have to say. And when I say that, I mean people on both sides of the issues. But that outcome is okay, because while I may be considered uninformed or naive, and I probably am, maybe people will say that some of the things I'm going to be saying is foolish. I've got a gut feeling that there are actually more people out there that will agree at least a little bit with what some of the things I have to say and share are in the next few episodes. They're just silent. It's the people on the extremes that scare everybody away. At the time that I was finalizing the writing and research for this episode, the state of Texas had been the scene of two more moments of evil and cruelty involving the violent and senseless loss of life. Any other controversy 
seems minuscule in comparison to these tragedies. The sad thing is, by the time, and I'm pretty sure this is true, that the episode is recorded and released, the media frenzy over them, and I was correcting this when I wrote this in my notes, people's outrage will have already moved on to the next thing to focus on. And in fact, I'm pretty sure our attention has been dragged from one thing to another to another about things that we are angry about or are supposed to be angry about. Truth of the matter is we seem to have very short memories. And that statement for me is significant because at the time that I was thinking about these episodes and whether or not I even wanted to cover these topics, I was spending hours a day, many days in a row when I could sitting with my dad as he was losing the battle to secure and save his own memories, his ability to remember. Now, a very small part of you know that my dad has been suffering from dementia for some time, a few years. And, you know, we've tried to make life as good as possible for him. You know, going from, okay, dad, you can't drive, to having to watch him closely so that he doesn't get lost or leave. And that ended up turning into some worse scenarios. But this all hit fast forward in February. And he has physically and mentally deteriorated at an advanced rate. And we all knew, meaning everybody in my family knew how this was going to end. This is not some scenario that there was going to be some turn of, or change of events so he was going to get to come home. We were in and out of the hospital several times. And I spent several hours and nights with him just trying to enjoy and remember the memories that I did have and try to hear anything he did remember. And everybody was pretty much just waiting for the day that there wouldn't be a hint of recognition when we walked into the room. And in the end, what happened just this past Sunday before recording this, what we expected, he moved on from this world. And all we have now are our memories of him. I'm sharing this, not for people to feel sorry. It's actually a positive because he's been suffering for a long time. But this issue of our memory, both shared and personal, is very important. And I think it has a big impact on what is happening in a lot of the current events over over history itself across the, our country. Now those final words that I added were mostly from just before he died on July 30th, 2023. And I haven't changed most of them. I did change a little bit, but most of that is still fitting. And I was correct in my assumption that when I first started writing some of these ideas down, that we wouldn't be focused on some really violent, terrible tragedies that had been occurring before I got into this newest topic. He did leave the world peacefully and quietly, and that is another memory 
he fought long and hard to stay with everyone that he loved and then took one last breath and went on to join those he loved that had already passed on before and that are parts of many, many people's collected memories. Now, as far as history goes, my dad's history is pretty easy to compile. Through records and documents, we can chart his past. He was born August 23, 1942 in Denton County, Texas, to Mabel Park, age 26, and Uriel Sylvanus Sparkman, age 25. My uncle, I, when I wrote the obituary, I included my grandfather's name. And he never let anybody know that was his name. He was U.S. Sparkman or Pig Sparkman or Slim Sparkman. That was it. And, uh, but he can't do anything to me now, I, I don't think. So I included that in that and in for this. Now, my dad, he grew up in a rural community called Cooper Creek, which is now a memory, really, because it's just part of the growing city of Denton in the heart of Denton County itself. He went to church. He went to school, small country school. He walked his sisters and brothers to school. He had a brother and four sisters. When he was a teenager, about 14, he somehow bought a little tractor and started doing farm work to help pay for it. He would help cut hay and do other things for and plow for people in the community. This, of course, not a surprise. He was heavily involved in the FFA. All of, most of this can be documented in some way. He graduated from Denton High School. Briefly, as he would point out, briefly attended North Texas State in Denton, which is now the University of North Texas. Higher education just wasn't for him. That didn't mean he wasn't intelligent. Didn't mean he wasn't smart or capable. It just wasn't for him. And that's the way it is for a lot of people. Uh, Some people seem to forget that. He did get some training as a diesel mechanic. He ended up getting married to Raymond Davidson on August 22nd, 1966, a day before his 24th birthday. He also joined the United States Army National Guard, served there for six years. He had a daughter in 1968 and a son, me, in 1971. He was a lifelong member of the Southern Baptist Church. He served for decades as a deacon and taught Sunday school for decades. And he worked as a farmer his entire life doing agricultural work for himself and for others while supplementing his income working on other people's tractors. Pretty much everything I just said, I could prove using the historical method, finding documents, finding other things that illustrate this. But the fact of the matter is, and I've learned this a lot in the last week since he passed and since we buried him. There was a lot more to him, of course, than just the history. And that's where memory comes in. People have been sharing memories of him for days about how he impacted them in some way. Funny stories, sad stories, good stories. Not a lot of bad stories at all, really his memories and the memories of all the people that remember him in his 80 years of life are a big part of what I'm talking about here. Now, as my dad's memories were fading, the collective memories of family, friends, and acquaintances still existed. 
and will for some time. For the most part, these memories of my father, like I said, have been pretty positive. He's helped a lot of people over the years in ways that few know. In fact, I found him and heard more stories about how he's helped people I never knew he did help them. But I will add, and I know this is true also, there are a few people that didn't always see eye to eye with him. And there are some people I know out there, I know for a fact, that have said some negative things about him because they didn't agree about something. Now, my dad, he wasn't a bully. He wasn't going to argue with you. He'd say what he thought. And sometimes that did sit wrong with people because he had character and he had values and he wasn't going to cross them. Sometimes people tried to push him to do things that he knew weren't right or he just didn't agree with. And, you know, I know the memories, many others, will be sometimes more glowing than mine. I mean, I'm his son. And after all, fathers and sons don't always agree. And in the end, I knew he loved me and I knew that I loved him and he knew that. And I'm going to treasure my memories of him, even some of the ones that aren't that positive. Because that was who he was. Now, memory is what breathes life into history. Expand out from my dad's personal It's my personal memories. Memories about him. And you get family memories in history. Community memories in history. County memories in history. And on and on and bigger and bigger. The entire world has this big collective memory. As you move across it, each area and each culture remembers things and shares things and things that weren't aren't just what historians would call strictly history. Not something that you could actually document on a historical record or something that would be considered a primary source. It's something that lives in the collective populace and is passed down through stories and music and literature and art, television, and just talked about shared. Our collective memory of the past, the history of our nation, state, communities, and families is extremely valuable. It's a part of our identity. It's about who we are, how we see ourselves, and help shape what we want to be. And as I've tried to show in the several past Lesson Zero episodes, the study of history has a big role to play in the preservation of in cultivation and shaping of our collective memory. How history is interpreted, written, and shared is important. And over time, it helps shape collective memory. But memory is always behind advancements and developments in academic history and written history. It takes a while for the, these things, that the narrative, to change and be filtered into memory. And it's important how history is interpreted, written and shared is important. Important enough to lead to people to fight over. It's very significant. And with that in mind, I am proceeding with my long-planned look at some of the recent controversies, fights and wars over Texas history. And, you know... It's really more over more. My, my, I'll just go ahead and tell you. I think we're fighting over more and arguing over more than just Texas history because 
you know, we can explain each other's ideas about narrative and interpretation about things. But, you know, the facts are the same facts. As long as the same facts are being used, we can look at them and see how they're being shared and what story and narrative and agenda is being pushed. And that will be another part of it. What's the agenda of the person telling you? The history. They're trying to create and share something with you. What are what's what are they trying to make you understand or think? And being a history minded podcast, it comes as no surprise that what seems to have erupted in the past few years, especially recently, actually has been going on for decades. I've touched upon it before in other episodes. Many of us were either not paying attention or we're just distracted. Or as I like to call it, living our lives and trying to survive. Some of the things I'm going to be bringing up and talking about, most, a lot of you probably haven't even heard about. And that's probably a good thing. But on the other hand, probably you should know because decisions are being made about Texas history and how we will be telling our stories about ourselves in the future. And what's happening now does impact what will happen tomorrow. Now, you should take my comments as what they really are. Just the thoughts and opinions of someone of no particular importance. Other than my digging into this and sharing it with you, I don't have any personal involvement in these controversies. And I don't have any claims of expertise on the subjects. In fact, that in the past, some people have been happy to point out. And this episode and the episodes that are coming up are the viewpoint, the perspective, outside perspective and speculation on things that, you know, I'm really not involved in. Aside from the fact that I care about and I'm interested in them. You know, while I've not become a particularly notable or respected scholar of Texas history, I at least make up for it with enthusiasm and love. And that's one of the beautiful things about history is it's democratic. Now, there are people we should listen to and respect the work that they've done. But it's our history. It's not just one person's history or a group of people's history. It's all of our history. And we're going to be looking at that too. So I recommend that if you want to know more about what's going on, I suggest that you go read as many articles as you can and talk to people, see what they think, what they know. That's what I've been doing. And I've written to several people that are involved. And in the end, you decide for yourself what you think about these issues that we're going to be bringing up. Now, remember my previous statement about people that love to make others feel worse than they do? Well, I'm happy to add that for the most part, the vast majority of people I've contacted for information on all of these subjects have been very informative, kind, and helpful. People on both sides of the issue seem to have a very deep and sincere love for history. And at the core, they seem to want the same thing. That is a key point of significance that I want to make very clear. But something gets lost in communication of the ideas 
And instead of synthesis and growth, we get accusations of white supremacism and fascism and leftist agendas and godlessness and attempting to indoctrinate and warp our young people. I get it. People are passionate about history. In the past, for me, just sharing a news article about one of the issues results in someone apparently questioning my intent. And it seems of placing me into their mental balance sheet of potential allies and enemies. And then there are the others that are so protective of the section of history that they are interested in. That they go out of their way to correct and ridicule the most innocent efforts to share in the love of history. I've seen people attacked for nothing else than sharing the simplest pared down today in history article simply because they did not include something that that somebody else thought should have been included. And that meant then that the person sharing the historical tidbit was either ignorant or had a malicious agenda. As the Duke has been recorded as saying, it's getting to be goddamn ridiculous. But if you gatekeep enough and bully enough, then you get to... What? Do you advance interest in the part of history that you love the most, or do you cause hurt and alienate people from learning about what it is that you want them to know? Like I said, I might be naive, ignorant, or foolish by some people's standards about a lot of things. And you know what? To be honest, they're right. But I'm curious, and I want to know more. So I do listen. You'd have to be something like that to just jump into the vast ocean of Texas history. The waters of Texas history are deep, and there are sharks out there. But I digress. I don't claim all the credentials or expertise or personal involvement in these things, but I do. As I said, I have curiosity and questions and a desire to, in my small ways, to encourage a positive outcome. Cooperation, conversation, understanding. I want a pursuit for positive resolution for the sake of history and history's well-being in the state of Texas and beyond. And I intended to get into this, but it's gone on a little bit longer than I want to. And I, you know, I'm not trying to be a tease here, but we're going to dig into these things really deep in the next few episodes. And uh, first off, we're going to look at the uh, the Texas State Historical Association controversy that's going on. There's a lawsuit involved. The upper echelons of the administration of the association are in disarray. And there's lots of information out there, pro and con, for each side of this controversy. One side says it's this. And the other side says it's actually this. And we're going to look at that, and you'll be able to determine where you leaned. We're going to be looking at the Texas State Historical Association, its history, these controversies. We're going to look at the 1836 Project. We're going to look at the book, Forget the Alamo, and the controversy around it. But I think that's enough. It's been a while since I've recorded an episode, and... Uh, yeah, that's the introduction to this thing. And we're going to end up getting to a point 
a focus on something bigger than just these controversies, and it's about narrative and people's agendas, activist historians. Memory, history, and how in Texas, when you're talking about Texas history and when you discuss Texas history, you're actually getting involved in something much bigger than just history. It's that mystique, that aura of Texas, and that is also a byproduct of its history and its memory and the symbols and the stories that we've been passing down and sharing. And I'm calling it the Texas thing, and we're going to have a deep discussion and look at the Texas thing at the end of these uh, several episodes that I'm about to record, and I promise I will be getting them recorded. I'm going to take a quick break. Be back with just a couple of ideas and thoughts before we move on. Now, I want to thank, of course, Derek McClendon for providing the theme music for Texas History Lessons. Check his music out if you like what you've heard because I've played several of his songs in the past and he's a great artist. At the beginning, I used... Some music from Zach Welch, that song uh, involved with Josh's intro of the episode was by Zach Welch, and it's from the song Ada. He's another great musician. Uh, he's got some music coming out soon. I also want to thank a lot of people. I, I could thank a lot, a lot of people, and I will miss some. But I particularly want to thank uh, my buddy Paul. I want to thank Jay, another supportive voice. I want to thank Josh from the Wild West Extravaganza podcast. I want to thank Melvin E. Edwards. Mr. Edwards is an inspiration and a good man, and if you haven't read his books, I recommend you go get yourself a copy. And in addition to that, he's also started his own podcast, which I'm excited to share news about called Real Life and Other Fantasies, a storytelling podcast. I particularly want to thank them because they have reached out and been very supportive to me in addition to lots of other people, especially Dave and Steve, my cousins that have uh, been here for me, my all of my family, my wife and kids, and their support in making this podcast. Um, a lot of good people out there and I appreciate all of them with that being said I assure you we will actually be getting into some some really close looks at what I've been talking about and alluding to in the next episode which will be out very soon very very soon and with that said I'm going to close out with a song by Mondo Salas and his band Rosemond and the song is Forever so thank you for listening take care of yourself take care of one another be kind adios adios